This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, my name is Jessica Mitchell. I'm here with Gemma and Ian on the Big Scuba podcast and we're talking about underwater photography. Welcome back to the Big Scooper podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. This is Gemma speaking and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Ian. Yes, I'm here too. Hello everybody, welcome back and thanks for downloading this episode. Yep, so it's episode 126 coming up and we're talking to Jessica Mitchell. But before we get into that, we're just going to say what our podcast is about for anybody that's listening to us for the first time. So we are the Big Scooper podcast and we talk about all things connected to diving underwater, on top of the water and around the water. So Basically having a splash about in the water. Splash, splash, yeah. <laughs> so anybody to do with um, ocean conservation, that's another big one that always has a big impact. Big on word. Big word. It's a big word. Big word for <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, so um, we've got a selection of guests and obviously 125 previous episodes. So have a dive in and listen to some of the previous ones. Good pun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. so what should we go through next? What have we been up to? Um, You've been a busy chap, haven't you? Yeah, so last week, um, for those who don't know and you listen to the first time, I do a fair bit of crossfit and uh, enjoy that they enjoy the the pain and the challenge of everything that's crossfit it's the pain uh, of the game yes absolutely and uh, there was two teams from crossfit great yarmouth we went and joined the suffolk games in ipswich and uh, what a day it was an amazing day and um, uh, lots of fun um, very hot day and you know, it was one of the hottest few days uh, yeah, the start of the hottest few days in the UK broke a lot of records didn't it they hit the temperature on Mon- on the Monday and Tuesday and uh, Saturday uh, there was about 77 teams and uh, we had to do various things like uh, tractor tire pulling while you're sitting down and carrying heavy weights and running with heavy weights all energetic stuff uh, yeah lots of uh, very hot work and um uh, yeah, both teams done really well. Uh, we're hoping for next year to get some more teams yep. from Great Yarmouth to go. Uh, and hello to everybody who was was there. And hello to my team as well. So it was Gil, uh, Gil's partner Flavia, and Linda, and myself. And um, like I say, there's two teams, and we came thirty ninth, I believe, out of seventy seven teams. Yeah, so that's really good. Yeah, yeah really good. One of the, in fact, in the afternoon, one of the uh, one of the games that we were participating in, uh, we came eighth. Yeah, so which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, so really, really pleased with that. All heads towards the dive fitness. Even for a youngster like me. Yeah, they did really well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, right, chuff with that. <laughs> um, and then apart from that, it's just been really um, 
getting gear ready for the half big farms trip that we got coming up. Yeah. And uh, work and just generally fitness and stuff. Really. Yeah. Catching, keeping up and keeping up with work. Yeah. So we've got a up and coming trip to the Farn Islands for a few days. So we'll we be diving, boat diving, which I'm looking forward to. Um, you've been coast garden, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a few shouts. So. Um, bit of variety we've had uh, somebody that fell down some steps near the beach so they just had to be uh, sort of cared for before they were whisked off to hospital and then we had a boat that had got a bit in a muddle on the sandbanks out on our coast here well they ran aground yeah very nearly so they had to be recovered they were towed in by the lifeboat and then um, we just had to do welfare checks so mm. yeah so our yeah. coastline changes quite a bit doesn't yeah it? the sandbank changes yeah daily yeah yeah so and i went paddle boarding on the water when was that monday or tuesday and it is amazing to see yeah how the tide you know does kind of take you and yeah. you've really got to think about all your safety on the water if you're holidaying out in this area at the minute um you know do need to um keep an eye on on eye on that and also you know look at your uh, they usually on most of the popular beaches there's lifeguards with flags there up, is yeah telling you where where you can swim in between and uh, you, you know if you're out there with kids you've got to make sure that your inflatable's got some rope or something yes. attached to it because if you if you are out on the water and that's an outward going wind you're in you know, trouble you could be in, mm. very quickly in trouble yeah well we so were it's serious we went for a little swim well we decided not to paddleboard because it was not really appropriate because of the wind yeah. so we'd had a little bit of a dip in the sea and that was nice wasn't it it was yeah. well at sea paulins you know for the people who don't know about sea paulins years ago they built a series of artificial reefs didn't they yeah it's about six Great or waters. seven of them and yeah. what's what's actually done has caused riptides and depending on the wind, depending on what way that's going as well, how big the tides are, that can be quite yeah. strong. And um, last night, the it was like one of them winds where you actually just going to be battling the wind the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like mm, that's no, not, yeah. not for last night. So uh, no, do you went for a swim? That was quite yeah. nice, wasn't it? Got you in. Oh, does that sound so surprised? <laughs> I was a bit reluctant. I am a diver, you know. I know. <laughs> I didn't see you rush in. Well, you had to acclimatise. Well, you know, build up. Us, us men, you know, we, we take our time. We don't fools rush in, don't they? You know, okay. I, I prefer to, you know, warm up gently. Yeah, but it was a lovely, yeah, lovely little... Dip yeah. in the water. Yeah. Talking about that. So gonna yes, as Jem said, we are off to the farms. Mm, yeah. Probably my favourite place to go diving in the UK. Yeah, for our non UK listeners, it's up on our east northeast coast. So it's a collection of kind of rocky it's islands. Just south yeah. of the Scottish border. It is, yeah. You know. So we don't need the passport, not yet. No. Um you know, and it is a beautiful place to go diving. Very similar to Lundy in mm. lots of ways, you know. Yeah. It's that rocky uh, coastline and you, you know the seals are really really yeah uh, a lot of people go diving there for the seals don't they yeah you know, the and uh, the wildlife um i did see i think recently on the news the actual islands are closed at the moment because of the risk of bird flu oh, really? so i don't think there's any people landing on the actual islands oh right so, oh, okay. yeah, so, but you know that's good for the wildlife yeah, yeah, that's i think loads good. of people are out there you think last year we on one of our dives we had seals with us and we had puffins in the water 
so yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And it doesn't not, get much better than that. No, it's a little bit different to Lundy. It's not a big steam out there, so we haven't got a long time on the boat. It's probably 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, tops. yeah. If you want to get out somewhere and um, you know, bang on a tank, um, you don't need loads of gear. You don't need loads of. Bang on a tank. Well, you don't need a twin set. <laughs> no. You know, we have brilliant diving, uh, four meters down, seals, puffins in the water. Lovely light and color. You know, all the colours and all that, and, and it is absolutely uh, some beautiful diving up there. There is wrecks, you know, mm. and you can go diving deep. You know, I've, I've done thirty odd meters down there, yeah. and you know, yeah, fine, um, you know, and that's great. They're, those wrecks and those, you speak to your captain, and if you sp- say to him, this is what you like to do when you go diving there, you know, they will take you somewhere as long as the currents and mm. um, and your, uh, you know. You've got those certs to say you're safe down at those depths. Then yeah, yeah, they'll gladly take you. Yeah, and the skippers know. of the boats—they live and breathe that coastline, yeah, yeah, so they, they know it inside out. Yeah, they dived it, and you know, as as boys and girls, and you know, mm. they've um, well, that they know the currents inside and out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so keep your eyes peeled, and you'll. And see not only that, the people who run the B and Bs and the um, in the area where we stay, you know, they're so catered for divers yes hoses hanging lines for our dry seats yeah. yeah and we should also shout out to crystal sea scuba again yeah. um you know who organized in this trip as a trip that they uh make twice a year you know and um it is a brilliant one to do so if you haven't been to the Farne islands uh look up sea houses that's the village on the coast yeah that's the harbor and um put that on your list as a to do if not this year do it next yeah, year yeah definitely yeah so and we'll be posting pictures and videos on social media so that you can see what our adventures yeah committee. yeah absolutely great place actually i will also say to add um but if you haven't done any diving off a boat before it's a really good place to go and get that first experience yeah. but do let you, the the captain of the boat know, because he, he you know he, he needs to know what sort of experience people have yes, got. Yes, what level they You know, are. but as, a, as as new divers and you want to get that first, uh, you know, first experience of diving off a boat, that's a great place to go. Yes, yeah, it was my first boat dive. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's, it's well worth doing. Yeah, yeah. No, excellent. So, yeah. very good. Um, what else have we got to mention? Happy bottles. We love our happy bottles. Yes. Yeah, so we have got a discount code for you all to use if you would like a happy bottle. They're a really good company, aren't they? They are. It's called it's www.happybottles.com. H A P I. So have a look at their bottles, but they're very robust. They keep cold I use drinks them cold. For work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do keep hot drinks hot for a long time as well. They do, which yeah. Not yeah, you do find the odd um, hot flask that is a bit rubbish. So you can do, yeah. Um, they've yeah. got a flip lid. It's no straw, easy to clean, um, and then the lid even locks. Comes as well. in plastic-free packaging. Yeah, it's a uh, really good. So if you want to get away from your single-use uh, plastic bottles, have yeah, a look. Yeah, give them a look. Give them a look. Happybottles.com. Yeah. So and you can. Go to the checkout, order your bottles, order the handles for the bottles, and you plug in big scuba, and that will give you a massive 20% off. Yeah, brilliant. Let's do it. Yep, so that's www.happybottles.com. So that's awesome. Okay, okay. Um, so, do you want, should we talk about our guest? Yes, we've so got? our guest is Jessica Mitchell. She is um, UK based and a yeah. 
girl from uh, well the south west coast so yeah. she um, knows some of our previous guests so just thinking about that I, I didn't say this in the, in the interview but we've kind of we need somebody to contact us from John and Groats now because <laughs> we do this we often make these uh, recordings at the most easterly point we have low yeah. stuff mm -hmm. don't we We've spoke to somebody now in on the Lizard. Yes. Our most southerly point of the UK. So what we now need is somebody uh, who can who's diving, lives lives very close to Land's End, and someone who lives very close to John O'Groves. John O'Groves, yeah. I think we've and spoken, then we can tick those boxes. We've spoken to um, somebody in the Faroe Islands, but that's not really UK. Uh, doesn't class as the first furthest point of the, no, of no, the actual an extreme, mainland. Extreme end of um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not yeah, discluding yeah. them, but yeah. technically it's part of the yeah. mainland. But anyway, back to Jessica. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, really good, isn't she? Yeah. So she uh, specialises in photography and film yeah. work. Um, so she's going to tell us a little about bit about her story, how she's got diving, and yeah, what she's been up to over. And three guess years. how she made contact with us. The big scoop of that. Yes, it's still there. I, I, we haven't reminded people, and we, you know, we get. A, I wanted to just tell people it's still there. So WhatsApp, you can message us, tell us about your diving, if you think, and hey. That big scuba lot, let's get on there and talk to them about my diving, then do that, okay? The number you need to call is plus four four seven eight one zero double zero five nine two four. That's the number you've got to to message, send us a voicemail, whatever, or just say, Hey, you know, I'm a diver, I've been doing this and that and um, I want to shout about it. Yeah, send some pictures. Um WhatsApp's get yourself known yeah. and uh, you know I can I say this I, I, I presume well, I can anyway. <laughs> I'm going to I might be wrong I might be correct someone can can contact us and say hey you've got that wrong uh, please do I'm often wrong I do believe at the moment we are the only current UK scuba diving podcast mm. that's currently running others are out there historically but we're active we're active so i just wanted to say to you you know if you want to get on there and you want to talk about your diving well get in contact yeah yeah and you know now everybody's out there in the water you know let us know yeah. and even if you're a paddleboarder or a kayaker and you've got some story that you've got to tell after you've been out in the water yeah. let us know yeah that's brilliant awesome right right, right. oh so and also she's a dj <laughs> Oh yeah, we found that out. We had no idea. But listen to the interview and... Uh, She's the master surprised. of the wheels that steal. Yeah, and it's all... Um, she does like the beachy vibe and the Balearic kind yeah. of yeah, vibe. So we're looking forward to um, hearing some of her music soon. Yeah, you need to follow her to keep on track of what tunes that she's coming exactly, out Exactly, yeah. So we'll put in the show notes how you can find Jessica. But we're now going to have a lovely chat to her and uh, find out all about her diving journey and about Jessica. Let's do it. Let's get her on. Uh, Jessica Mitchell, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. Um, so you're here. Whereabouts are you based at the moment? I'm based down in Cornwall. Um, oh, I live nice. on the Lizard. I'm very fortunate to live down on the Lizard, which is um, sort of like right on the heel of Cornwall. And I live about 10 minutes away from Porthcarris, which is one of the oh, best wow. dive locations in the UK, possibly the world, I would say. 
but you know I'm a little bit biased because I get to live here. So. Yeah, we have spoken to uh, Georgie. Yeah, it's just yeah, it sounds an amazing place. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fantastic, and um, Georgina and Dan as well. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some free diving stuff with Georgina. Yeah, and she's obviously a very talented lady because she wins lots of awards too. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. So what got you into the underwater world? How did you start? Was it through your family or what made it start? Well, that's a really good question. So um, originally, my granddad actually gave me a love and a passion of natural history stuff. And um, through him showing me how wonderful nature is and, and how you can be, um, how you can just be so inspired by natural um, structures and things like that. I started sort of getting really into it. And obviously then uh, came David Attenborough and we would watch that sort of thing together. And it, it gradually got my interest in the photography side of things. So I, I started looking at options where I could go and be a wildlife photographer. And then I'm like, well, actually, why don't I try and combine my passion for the sea as well because I grew up in Cornwall so that meant that I was surfing free diving swimming constantly so wow. it made sense to try and make maybe some sort of living out of doing something that I'm passionate about so it sort of all kind of started fairly early on and I've been quite set on my path since yeah. uh, which has been quite it's been quite difficult um at times but it's very rewarding as well mm. and it's really lovely that your granddad inspired you as well yeah yeah absolutely he was a fantastic man um it's a shame and I do think about him quite regularly it's a shame that he can't see where I am because it's because of him that mm. I sort of went down that path he always told me to do something that you love and the money will come later and I've, good advice. <laughs> yeah. definitely, I've held that in my head whenever I've had this difficult moment where I'm like, oh, I don't know, can't be bothered with this or this is too much stress. Actually, it's not. It's never too much stress when you realise in the whole scheme of things that it's working towards a big end goal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. So ph photography came first before the actual underwater world. Yeah, I guess. Well, they're synonymous. So I, I was always quite passionate about water, a bit, a bit of a water baby. My dad just sort of threw me in when I was younger and I could swim. So that was that. was that. And my parents basically were forcing me to go to university. And um, the passion for water was already there, but didn't really want to do anything. Um, and the only course that I had any interest in remotely was the one at Falmer. Um, the marine and natural history photography course mm. so I was like right want to do that one don't want to go anywhere else it's on the doorstep I lived at home while I was going so I was commuting to and fro um, and yeah I haven't I haven't looked back I'm really glad that my parents forced me to go to uni because I had the opportunity to work on a uh, to work and be in a really lovely university doing uh, a very unique course which has served me really well with what I've been doing for natural history film working yeah. yeah no that sounds lovely and lovely that you can be somewhere that you love while you're studying as well yeah definitely famous always famous lovely uh, uh even without being part of the university but the facilities there are, are incredible 
Um, and that's where our friends uh, fourth element are based as well isn't it uh yes they are they're based in helston actually which is just up the road for me um saw jim the other day cool uh, when i had lunch (laughs) it was quite nice (laughs) yeah there's a lot of um yeah well-known names from that area yeah it's a lovely place to be um we're, we're very privileged to be in such a beautiful part of the world yeah. So did yeah. you do your diving qualifications while you were at uni or did you learn before? I learned before um, a little bit, but I didn't do any official qualifications until I went to uni. Um, it was kind of a prerequisite to get onto the course. So if you wanted to do the underwater elements of it, they required that you did um, uh, ha- had at least like advanced open water so that you had an understanding of the diving before throwing cameras in as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's all sort of, it's going to be changing going forward with um, HSE requirements and things like that. But it, you know, we we as divers were always served quite well from the uni because there's also a really lovely uh, dive site, Pendennis Point, Silver okay. Steps, just down around the corner from Palmer Uni. Um, yeah. a, a really lovely shore entry dive, and that was basically where I cut my teeth. Um, I know that place like the back of my hand. I could probably guide some. I, you know, I had a period of time where I was working and living in Bristol, so it was about eight years. And um, I came back down with my friends, and we're like, "Let's go Silver Steps." And I was like, "Right, okay, I'll see if I can remember where the boiler is." And did it straight off the bat. My friends were oh, like, wow. "They were look, looking at each other, like, where are we going?" So I was just sort of going all over the place, not necessarily navigating, but um by direction but just sort of like going to where I, I felt that it was and found it first time and everyone wow. was really really impressed because it was a beautiful day and the light was just coming through the boiler the way that it should and it, it was it was so a lovely old, that's an old wreck it is it sorry it's an old wreck there's um so uh off Pendennis Point there's actually two u-boats um, oh, wow. that was sunk just off there and this is the boiler of one of them and there's another one just off castle beach which is a little bit further but this is the the main one that's sort of like yeah. just off the coast and it's a bit easy more easily accessible oh wow that's really so great <laughs> great place to learn yeah absolutely fantastic got lots of um different species of fish and everything there as well you get cuttlefish too and spider crabs dogfish and everything so it's, yeah. it's a, a good place to go if you're actually doing photography because you get so many different subjects like macro and you know bigger subjects too but the visibility visibility is usually pretty good along that that coast isn't it it is if you don't get any easterly winds <laughs> oh really the yeah easterly, if you've got yeah. easterlies it will, it will um murk it all up and you're right. probably not going to be able to dive on the south coast either okay yeah yeah, well, you've just got to take the opportunity, haven't you, when the situations are good. Yeah. So with diving qualifications, you've done your advanced. Have you gone any further along? Yes, absolutely. So um, I love diving so much that I very quickly went from advanced to rescue diver. And it's like, right, OK, I, wanna, I wanted to actually learn at that point to be an instructor. But um, that that didn't happen. So we I went to dive master level and I was like, right, OK, I feel like that's that's enough for me for a minute to focus on so that I can actually just get in the water with the camera, but also being safe and uh, being able to actually earn a little bit of money doing dive mastering, too. Yeah. So did that for a couple of years. Um, and then when I left university, I went straight up to Bristol and um, 
went and did my HSE qualification so that I could be a commercial diver and work um, officially based out of the UK, uh, because that's obviously that's a requirement of uh, diving at work is that you have to have this commercial diving qualification so that you're working at a certain level of safety and everybody is you know they they know where the bar is set and they know what they need to do so if you're working underneath that then you know was that a big leap sorry was that a big leap it was because you're going suddenly from using half mask and um you know just open circuit to full mask with a bailout and communications as well so it's quite quite an intense course but it's very rewarding and to be honest I wish I could do it again really yeah it was was great you get um, a really good sense of camaraderie and teamwork amongst everyone because you have to tend each other you know you have to dress your other diver in you have to make sure that they're all good that they're feeling comfortable before they go in the water you have to go through the whole processes together yeah and you're you know you're doing several dives a day it's quite tiring as well so you sort of uh, the people on the course tend to cut them together a little bit as a family Mm. and it's um yeah definitely a very rewarding and worthwhile course to do if you're looking at doing anything professionally underwater and how long does the course last is it quite um, what to, to complete it yes yeah it, it can be anything from two weeks to a month it depends where you do it there's um different levels of the course that you can do and obviously each one would cost a different amount of money as well yeah yeah Oh, well, that's good. And then from there, where did you go? Um, so from there, um, in terms of diving, I kept it at that level for a few years while I was building up experience and um, getting work as an underwater camera assistant. Um, I also started working at a place called Esprit, uh, Esprit, Film, <laughs> Esprit Film and Television. They hire out underwater camera gear and lights and also um technicians like myself and through sort of doing that work I learned that I needed my rebreather qualification as well uh in order to be able to do exactly what I um am sort of intending to do with my career yeah so in order to be an underwater camera operator um for blue chip natural history which is you know the big landmark series uh that that you see on BBC and the likes. Um, You have to be able to sit for long periods of time, stationary, underwater, and sometimes with no bubbles. So there are times when a rebreather is the appropriate tool for this. And obviously, if you're not qualified on a rebreather, then you can't um, put yourself forward for those jobs. So it kind of, it became a point where, I needed to do it because it was the tool for the job, but not necessarily because it's the type of diving that I wanted to do. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, don't, I don't know. Do you guys rebreather dive? Are you open circuit or rebreather? No, just so open, open circuit. Open circuit. Keep it that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a big investment, isn't it? Because they're, they're not cheap, aren't they? Did no, you, it, you it a is a big one. investment. Sorry? You bought a new one. Uh, no, I didn't. I was very fortunate, actually. I was looking for a unit just to practice on. And um, a friend of mine said, oh, I know someone who's looking to sort of loan a unit. They, they're going to be putting it in storage because they're not very well. Oh, yeah. um, but they don't want to get rid of it just yet. So 
better off to have someone using it than it just sitting mm. laying fallow. Yeah. So I was very, very, very kindly loaned the unit that I now have um, to practice on and build up my hours and everything. So I was incredibly fortunate to be able to have that at that point because I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did it up and I got it all back up to, to working and made sure all of the sensors and everything were, were new and it had um, a service and stuff. But other than that, I didn't have to pay out for all of the peripheries. You know, yeah. I bought a few spares, um, but everything was there largely. Um, and it was it was a good, solid unit to start off on, really. Far too big for me. Um, I, in an ideal world, when I've got a little bit of money, I'm going to go for one of the smaller units that AP has. I'm going to stick with AP because yeah. that's what I know. And also, they're literally just up the road next to Fourth Element, so oh, I can so get myself serviced. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was just just saying that they're down base down there as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's great because I when I need to go and get some new stuff, I can just pop half an hour down the road, pop into AP, give them my rebreather unit, and then go and pop in and see everyone in Fourth Element. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one big family, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Who'd have thought it? Hey, eh? yeah, I'm in Cornwall. Yeah, no, that's so. With your so, have you done much rebreather diving? Mm. I've been um so I've been on my rebreather sorry just having a drink um I've been on my rebreather for about five years now um and I've dived all over the world on it I've dived uh in Australia Africa Sri Lanka um and it's it it does open up opportunities to have experiences with animals that you wouldn't have normally Mm. but the whole time you're thinking I'm gonna die I'm gonna die I'm gonna die (laughs) And you just have like this constant anxiety of being in the water on this thing that could potentially kill you or your buddy who you're acting a safety dive for. Um, and it just sort of, it, it adds uh, many levels of complexity, um, mm. but also obviously layers of safety as well. Because if you're doing the sort of diving consistently that we're doing um, over a longer period of time, obviously you're exposing yourself to higher nitrogen levels. Um, so over the course of a week you might find that actually your body loading's a lot more and you're more tired Mm -hmm. so that can have knock-on effects so there's moments when you know it might be quicker and easier to go on open circuit but actually all of the extra faff that's required with rebreather might mean that in the longer term you're more ready and awake and you know super enthusiastic about the job rather than just sort of feeling oh god i'm really tired yeah ready for action <laughs> yeah an interesting point though isn't it because um i can see what why why you and why you need to do the re why you need to go on a rebreather but also you kind of you know it could be just easier just to bang on a uh, a twin set you know i can you can you dive with a twin set as well um, I haven't dived a manifolded twin set, but I have dived twin set with two separate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is possible, especially to get the time underneath. And if you're only at like you know, five metres, then yeah. that you kind of have to make that decision. Is this one or that one going to be easier to use? Um, but more often than not for time and the interactions that you get with the animals because you're bubble free, yeah. um, you, you'll have to go with the rebreather. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting point. So have you seen a difference in 
uh, I guess, reaction and uh, how the animals are? Because what, what are we talking about, seals? Um, not necessarily just seals, but seals definitely, um, they are curious about the fact that you're there and you're not giving off bubbles because they don't, they don't like bubbles. Bubbles is a warning sign for them. It's a sign of aggression. Yeah. So obviously if you've got lots of divers around them blowing bubbles, then they're not going to be comfortable in that situation. So um, it, it's the same with free diving as well. If you go free diving with seals, there's, um, I, I live about a five minute walk from the beach and there's a seal that comes and visits down there when I go swimming. Um, and uh, last year, actually, it was one of the first experiences with him. He, I know, I know I've diverted onto free diving, but um, I was down there just having a little mosey around and I just felt this tugging on my fin. I was like, oh God, what is it? Turned around and he had come around behind me and basically everywhere I looked, he was right behind me and my friend was on the shore watching, obviously could see what was going on. I'm like, what? Um, but they, they absolutely love playing with anything that doesn't have bubbles. Um, mm -hmm. They will come right up to your face and it, it comes back to the rebreather as well. They'll come right up to you and they'll like start mouthing you and playing with you and everything like that they're not scared at all and it's the same with with most animals really fish um cuttlefish as well you can get really close with um octopus it's just they, they're not scared they just they're more curious yeah if anything because you're in their realm and you're being like them that must be really awesome because um you you, you know because you're not now we we only know the reaction what we know because we're open, open circuit divers, mm. and uh, just, that that must be really uh, amazing to have that reaction and uh, relationship with a animal under the water, uh, even for just a short period of time like that. It is. It's great. There's um the the best interactions I've had have been without kit at all, just breath hold. Um, hands down and that's the most natural way of experiencing it as well I think it's kind of you know that's where we came from before before we had all of the equipment the yeah. only thing that we could do to be underwater was to hold our breaths and it is a very sorry about the noise in the background I've got um, someone building a shed outside so I do, <laughs> do apologize if there's loads of banging um, so it's, you it's got very... just locked in a cupboard somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me out! Let me out! <laughs> um, sorry, I got distracted. Then um, it's it's a very natural thing to be able to hold your breath and have that interaction with nature. You know, it's quite um, is it carnal? Is carnal the right word? Probably not. Um, it just feels like it's ingrained in us to have that relationship with the water and as a result yeah. the creatures that are in it yeah 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 no that sounds amazing so so what's your kind of career path where is it at the moment what what are you doing with your diving and your photography okay so um at the moment i'm actually having a bit of time off to just go diving for pleasure because a lot of what i do is for training um and i just wanted to have a bit of time to enjoy what yeah. I've, you know, what I've worked towards. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing some diving, doing some free diving, um, building myself back up to start working. 
yeah I'm editing a showreel together at the moment so that I can go and be like hey you know come yeah you know I can do I can do this thing so you know maybe give a job <laughs> um yeah and just sort of having enjoying having a bit of the summer in Cornwall again yeah but that's nice it is it's lovely and I've spent a lot of the a lot of the time over the past three years despite lockdown um actually consistently working mm. which has been really good but I'm very tired <laughs> and that's why I've taken a little bit of a rest you know I think it's important um to know within yourself and, and it goes with anything it's important to know when you are running on empty or near to empty and I've taken some time for my mental health and everything else just to be like no I want to I want to sit down for five minutes and put my roots in and actually do the things that I enjoy which is why I started doing everything in the first place Mm. yeah and you can like reignite your passion then for it as well in some ways yeah I mean it's it's never been that I've lost it, it but when you're making money out of something that you enjoy sometimes doing stuff for other people takes the Mm -hmm. it takes it definitely takes the creativity away um because a lot of the time someone will be telling you what to film and with what equipment so you go to the place you film the thing and you get out and that's kind of how it is and it it can be quite draining when you're consistently away um you know I've spent quite a lot of time away over the past few years and if you're away for like six weeks at a time then you come back you've got maybe a week to recover and then you're off again for another five six weeks that can kind of it can get on top of you and it's um you know and I I would say to anybody regardless of what they're they are doing or planning to do with their life if you are feeling stressed and worn out just take some time off Mm. if you can yeah. Well, in, in itself, traveling is ex- exhausting anyway, isn't it? So you've yeah. got... Especially at the moment. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I was up in London for, you know, six hours or something the other day, travelled up from Cornwall up to London and back the same day. Wow. That was a killer. Yeah, it was so hot. How did you guys suffer in the heat? Are you Did you keep cool or were you actually like, well, passing out or anything? <laughs> I, I live on the coast, so it's fine because the sea's only a few minutes walk away. <laughs> so, oh, good. Yeah. yeah, Ian's a bit further inland, so it's a bit hotter. That is, yeah, it was quite hot. So I, I think I got to about thirty-eight here. I think. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, I had some early starts with work, so I managed to get home a bit earlier um, those days, um, and try not to travel too far. Really, it was that was my sort of. Uh, plan for those two days yeah good Bar- barbecue in the evening no <laughs> no um not I've not really got into a barbecue really um uh, they never seem to last very long with me barbecues <laughs> <laughs> they all seem to fall to bits this was time time was never on like, i was thinking about some of the um some of the p- people we know who were uh training at the weekend and uh, if they were in um, dry suits and thermals, God, it must have been awful. Yeah, it must have been really, much. really difficult, you know, to have them surface intervals and you've got dry suits and thermals on. Yeah, yeah but I guess, yeah, you're just in a wetsuit now, are you? Uh, it depends where I go. Um, yeah. I've, got, I've got lots of different types of wetsuits with all different thicknesses. I've got dry suit, 
uh, with different thicknesses of undersuits and things. So it kind of depends. Um, I think you just sort of, you get to know what your baseline is for certain temperatures. You sort of think, oh, okay, I'm going for a hotter country. So I'll go for slightly, I'll, I'll go for a couple of thicknesses because if, over the period of time um, that you're diving, if you're on a longer shoot, your core body temperature um, goes down. So actually, if you're in wetsuits for like three, four weeks, you can start off being like, oh, yeah, it's OK, I'm only in a two mil. But actually, by the end of it, yeah. you might need to push that to a four in order to be able to sustain the same length of dive. Yeah. So that's just something that I have to take into consideration when I'm prepping. Um, you know, is it going to end up being that actually I need to take my dry suit on a on a hot water shoot? Um, yeah. And if you're in the water for three four hours, then absolutely that could be an option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, where's your favourite place to dive? Uh, I can't possibly say anywhere other than Fourth Carris, can I? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's great because it like really promotes UK diving, doesn't it? So. It does actually. I there is nowhere like the UK. I love the coast. You can go diving great, every day of the year, and you'll see something different, and yeah. it's fantastic. I learned to dive in the UK, and I think anyone that's wanting to sort of take diving seriously should learn to dive and dive regularly in the UK as well, because the conditions are challenging and can be challenging. And if you get to go to some more benign places, then it means that you're fully equipped with the skills that you would need if the weather suddenly changes, not that it would, but it might. Yes. And you're sort of like above where you need to be if you're going to the slightly more tropical places there's people that live here and don't dive here and that's like unreal and it's like why would you not dive we when you've got such great diving you know we're off to the farms next week and it's amazing diving up there yeah it's awesome and you can be you know you know like last year three three meters down seals puffins in the water a whole manner of different colors and like um and it's like amazing dive and you think wow why wouldn't people go oh it's dark and gloomy in the uk no it's not it's great and it's not yeah. cold either this time of year i mean you were in a semi-dry yeah and we did it last year and you just think well it, it is an extreme it isn't extreme diving is it, it this no. not, not in reality it's a uh, yeah oh if you've got the right equipment if you've got the right thermal equipment it doesn't you can be in any water yeah. it won't affect you so much like if, if you're going to dive in the antarctic obviously i wouldn't expect you to be able to wear a wetsuit <laughs> but you would make sure that you had the adequate thermal exposure for that so yeah it's, it's kind of it's all relative isn't it you know it, it might be that maybe you don't enjoy diving in the uk because you don't have the right kit mm. yeah. Yeah, but you know, it, sometimes people don't want to spend the money because they dive so infrequently. So diving in places like Egypt is a better option because they sort of, you know, they want to enjoy it. And yeah, yeah, I can I can appreciate and understand that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Everybody's got different opinions, haven't they? But yeah, and, well, and the fact that on the liverboard you're virtually dressed and undressed <laughs> by the uh, by the crew to get in the water. You've yes. just got to virtually stand there and they're, they're, they're zipping you in and everything. And it does, you know, they, they do look after you like, you know, it's unreal. It's, it's amazing. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, I love the UK diving. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. 
Yeah, where's, where's your favourite place to dive in the UK? Well, I've only dived in the UK, so <laughs> um, so we've been to St Abbs, and the Farne Islands, and off our local coast, uh, the North Norfolk coast. So, yeah. Where's your favourite then? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, so far, I think it would be the Farne Islands because that was the very first time kind of shore diving or not shore diving boat diving so we did a shore dive in north norfolk but that was the first experience of like jumping off a boat wow amazing what about you ian um i've always got a soft spot for the farns um because i i've always that was probably my first place where i went diving i think in the sea in the uk um i think i went there before um i i went to wayborn um can't think now i think it is and i i just love it up there i love the village you know sea houses a beautiful village uh you know the um the people that you stay with they're always you know really they can't do enough for you lovely scenery Uh, up there isn't it scenery you know bamber castle um up there and it's just a lovely few days of uh great scenery great spending time with great friends and um getting some great diving in and occasionally you might get blown out you know there might be the the odd bit of wind that knock you know that knock a dive off or two but we've done paddleboarding up there and that's yeah. been brilliant haven't we yeah. and uh it's just a great place to go um so for anyone's listening uh who haven't done the fine islands yet go to northumberland it's a great place to go yeah, and it's easy diving. You just jump on a boat and it's only like 20 minutes, 30 minutes steam out and then you're yeah. in the water and, yeah, which is really good. Yeah. 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 So, no, can't um, yeah, recommend UK diving highly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's it's, um, it's a lot more fun than people think. Yeah. It's not all, it's Last not, year, not we all saw, doom and gloom. We saw a huge cod, didn't we? Yeah. Remember that? Wow. that was massive great big cod just laying there looking at us. <laughs> yeah and it is you know for um so relatively new diver you learn in like inland waters like stony cove gildenberg and you don't well you see a few fish but then when you get in the sea the first dive i did in the sea was off our coast here and you just think wow look at all these colors and it's just you know you don't see color like that in stony cove it is a bit yeah monotone but yeah that first dive off the the coast here was you know only a few days after I qualified for open water and it was just like wow this is it's an eye-opener wasn't it yeah yeah so yeah definitely favor sea diving to inland diving definitely yeah yeah yeah. so yeah and like yourself you know like free diving you've like done diving tech diving and now you you know obviously free diving as well so you've got a whole like element of different aspects of the underwater world yeah i think it's important to keep up all of the different disciplines um because they they do work quite well together because i i until i started doing um i've always done free diving but never like properly after having been taught you know you sort of you establish all of these bad um traits over the years when you're doing certain things because you're like oh I can hold my breath but actually there's there's a better way to do it that's more efficient and you can actually like hold your breath better and for longer and um in terms of 
learning about anatomy and equalizing and things like that I actually feel that there are some parts of equalizing and free diving that would be relevant to learn as a diver mm. um, because it teaches you a little bit more about like the soft palate and how you can move air around the parts <laughs> the parts of your anatomy and your sinuses and things like that and it wasn't until I started doing free diving that I actually got the different techniques of equalization. So when you're um, doing certain depths and things, you are sort of not you're not required to, but it is more efficient to use different types of equalization when you're free diving. Mm. And sometimes when you're diving, obviously, you can get a bit of a block or something and if you're finding it difficult to equalize trying different ways of doing it can help yeah. so it's, it's through free diving i've actually learned how to dive better myself yeah really um, and it's more through like being able to look after my sinuses and everything better yeah yeah well that's a great thing to hear and just shows yeah people should be a bit more open to exploring different ways of you know getting in the water whether it's you know, with air or without air. So depth yeah, and uh, time-wise, while you're free diving, what what sort of uh, what sort of times are you doing at the moment in depth? Oh, I'm just I'm just a baby, really. <laughs> I can probably manage about two meters. Uh, sorry, two minutes at most. Really, that's um, quite about a bit. ten meters. But at the same time, I'm working on it. I'm always trying to improve on that. Always trying to be better yeah um and in trying to be better I sort of feel like I'm getting fitter over time as well so you know my lung capacity is it's changing and I feel like I'm a bit more fitter just Mm -hmm. just generally yeah um so I I definitely would recommend even just just learning how to do it so that when you go to the water there aren't any restrictions of you being able to explore yeah um, yeah, no, that sounds great. It was just something something on my list to do, definitely. Because it is, yeah. If you sat here and timed it two minutes, it was just that you can think, well, what could you see in two minutes? It'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is great. And everything sort of looks at you like, what are you? <laughs> they, don't, they don't tend to run off. I've, I've actually touched more. Um, not not that you would but sometimes you just sort of put your hand out and see if they might come to you or something and a lot of the time they do they're quite curious mm. um like what, whatever it is could be fish or anything but you know they they do tend to want to come nearer to you if you're not making bubbles yeah and we have spoken to free divers that have said that it has helped their actual diving with a tank for kind of relaxation and you know like you said equalizing there's different aspects that will benefit and um complement the diving with your tank yeah definitely it can be a bit more it can make it more meditative um i mean diving is already quite a cathartic thing that's why a lot of people do it it's you know you you're very much in your in your bubble um, under the water you can't hear anyone talking unless you've got comms on and it's just really lovely just sort of being able to look around and have your senses just sort of surrounded by nothingness mm. yeah. but the little noises and the creaks and things like that <laughs> I think it's important isn't it to I think sometimes we forget about the noises and and especially with being uh on a 
tank um you do lose that because all you hear it's quite, it's quite loud isn't it, it, is. think about it? those bubbles sometimes when if we're doing any youtube stuff and we play back anything and the noise of the bubbles is quite loud and it does and especially if you i think more so on a night dive if you're doing a night dive it's really nice when it's still yeah. and um and it's just you in the environment and maybe you've got your torch and you're just panning around, you know, and it's quite, quite still. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you hear the bubbles and it's like, yeah, I can, I do understand why people do get into rebreathing for that reason on its own. You know, I think it's uh, to get rid of the bubbles. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Must be really yeah, quite strange. Cause you think, well, the bubbles are just coming up by your ears and that is all you hear, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything that takes you out of your comfort zone in what you do? Um, free diving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of, it's really funny because obviously I've come from a background of diving. Um, suddenly not being able to breathe under the water, is, I had to sort of reprogram my brain because I'd get down to, you know, you know five, six metres. I'd be like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> I know that I can't breathe because I'm holding my breath, but it's just, it's unusual because I'm used to being able to breathe under the water and now I'm not breathing under the water. So it's kind of, so, that, that was quite difficult. And also the the mental aspect of free diving as well, because you're sort of, you're there with yourself. You're under the water being like, oh, I can't hold my breath anymore. And you have, I have this little internal fight with myself being like, you know, you can do this. And I sort of end up coming up sooner than I know that I can just because I'm not in the right headspace for it. Or, Mm. you know, maybe I needed to give myself a little bit more relaxation beforehand. And just sort of as soon as you start getting into this um, cycle of I can't do it and it kind of adds a lot of stress and then all of a sudden you're like actually I do need to go up now um rather than just relaxing into it and yeah letting it go I think that's been quite difficult is really important because you know the worst place to be is underwater if you really don't want to be underwater isn't it but do you like warm up do you, you know if when you say you could hold your breath for two minutes that's what you're working up to do you know do you do you just like start up? I'll just take it easy first and do like 30 seconds. You know, do you do anything before you get underwater? Do you start warming up? So um, you can, you can. Um, some people do just go straight in, but it does help to have a bit of a warm up, maybe even just like a meditation session lying on the beach or something, just lying yeah. there, breathing deeply, um, breathing into like the sides of your ribs and just making sure that everything's fluid and warmed up because obviously you don't want tension yeah um you want to be completely relaxed because if there is any tension that means that you're using more oxygen than you need to at that moment um because you've got a limited amount of oxygen in your lungs at that point so the more movement that you're doing the more you're going to be using so you kind of need to keep everything chill and um it does help to have a little bit of a warm-up and some and when you go in the water you'll have like a a breathe up before you actually go to depth. So you'll spend maybe like a minute um, just breathing deeply in and out, preparing yourself to take your final breath 
and then just go down. But it all needs to be one fluid, relaxed, slow, chilled movement. And it's kind of, it's quite difficult getting it all to go in one Um, at the same time. You know, you might actually find that you felt your pre-breathe was better on one of the first dives, but then the breath hold was better on some some of the subsequent ones right and are you generally on your own when you're doing all this or or is a you know is a group of you or that normally meet up to do free diving or anything or yeah there's so i've got friends i don't go in the water on my own that's um definitely uh one water 101 don't go in the water on your own um that i've known a few people unfortunately who have passed on because they've tried going free diving on their own uh, it's a very dangerous thing to do because um, you know what happens if you pass out someone hasn't seen you yeah and then that's that that's that so always go with someone i've got friends that i go with there's also um a group that georgina runs uh, and they all go out together on the kitten out of Porth Carris. She also oh. does some pool sessions too. I've been to a few coached pool sessions with her and Alex. Um, so yeah, there's, there's there's definitely a big thriving community of it down here. I've got a lot of friends that Good. do a lot with the water. Yeah. So we're always like, hey, do you want to go for a surf or do you want to go and do this? And we'll just oh, run off. And... Sounds a great life. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Talking> for summer. <laughs> yeah you've got a great summer ahead as well yes absolutely it's only just beginning too which is nice yeah yeah no that's really awesome so 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 when do you think you'll be back diving you're just going to get the summer out of the way and then start looking at sort of potential sort of projects yeah I'm gonna well I'm gonna be diving sort of over the next couple of months anyway but um started to um starting to work loosely on a project with a friend of mine um I've helped him to get some funding and I'm hoping to sort of help guide that in a certain direction I, w- I probably won't get any um any money out of it but it's good to help support and also raise awareness of certain things so I'm happy to provide my services in that respect um I will be going up to Bristol at some point fairly soon for some meetings and to sort of to show people that I'm around again because yeah. I have spent a lot of time away I've had people be like hey Des can you come <laughs> and do this job no, sorry I'm away yeah. um, and it's it's become quite a common theme so people are like oh, I kind of didn't didn't think to call you because I thought you might be away so um, now I'm feeling a bit more rested and ready to sort of level up I guess I've sort yes, of I've, yeah. I've reached a place where I'm I'm comfortable. I know my craft. I know where I'm at, and now I want to work towards um, taking control of my career a little bit more, taking it in a direction that I want to go in for me, not mm. because um, not because someone's calling me and saying, "Hey, Jess, I want you to come and do this job," and I need to go and do it for money. Yeah. I want to be able to be a little bit more selective and do specific jobs that I want to do that are working on my strengths um so I can sort of like refine what I'm doing even more place to be yeah it's a lovely place yeah Yeah. it's really really good yeah and having a you know sort of summer to like plan that all in and decide is yeah definitely making making some big moves I've just invested in a new computer as well so hopefully that will be 
um, that'll be helpful in in the next chapter. So you got an iPad, uh, like um, what's the Apple or uh, Microsoft? I've gone for Windows. I, yeah, I have. I've gone for Microsoft basically because um, as much as Apple's really good, um, they are very good for the for the memory and the speed that I wanted going forward. I'd have had yeah. to spend about fifty thousand pounds getting a Mac spec to the spec that I've got my computer. Oh, did you say fifty thousand? Five zero. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as I would like to have that amount of money. Wow. Um, if I had that amount of money, I wouldn't be spending it on a Mac. I'd probably spend it on a Red. So um, the the next best thing for me was to get my friend to help me design and build a computer. So I've got um, uh, a big, lean, mean processing machine, which hopefully is going to be helpful in the next stage. You know, this is this is the, the issue, though, isn't it? Because like, I bought my laptops roughly – well, we, Gemma bought – you bought yours – Roughly the same time. Yeah, it was pre-lockdown, wasn't it? Just before we started this thing called the Big Scuba, and uh, and I thought, well, I don't, I, you know, uh, I'm a gardener. I don't need to worry about having lots of RAM and things like that. Uh, yeah. I'm not a computer person at all. And um, and then as soon as you start using any kind of videoing or camera work. It just takes forever to process and, you know, it takes forever. Um, so you do need quite a powerful computer to now deal with. Because, like, what what sort of camera equipment have you got? I presume you, you – do you use 4K, I presume, quite a bit? Um, this is the this is the ironic thing. I don't actually have a camera at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a photographer without a camera. What a sad thing. Um, so – what happens is a production company will come to me and say, we want you to come on a job, but we want you to use our equipment. Okay. So at the moment, it's not worthwhile me spending any money getting a camera because it's uh, you know, they just tell you what to use. So over, over the next few years, I'm hoping to be able to save up enough so that I can buy the red um, and have that in a housing as well. So what's so red, kind of, what sort of camera is, is that? So red is a big digital camera um, for cinema quality images, and it's used quite a lot in the natural history. Right, well, it's used for you can you, you can use it for anything, um, but it seems to be the camera that natural history has adopted as its main camera. You do get other ones being used, like some of the Arri cameras, which are. Um, <laughs> even more expensive again and you, you get a certain look with them and you use certain um lenses called anamorphic lenses with them right. so you get a, a different ratio um a different screen ratio I'm probably mm. saying words that you don't understand now so um you know when you watch tv you can get different um screens come up so say you've, you've turned it on and it's in the wrong 19, ratio and you've got like your little square yeah image that um for normal um for normal tv you would have a 1080 by 1920 image which is your rectangle yeah anamorphic it's stretched even more so you would have less um vertically but more horizontally so it'd kind of be a bit more widescreen if i can put a name to it um so you can get different looks and things and obviously each of those does have its application 
within natural history stuff but people do tend more to go towards the red um side of things mm. but that might change you never know yeah i was looking at um uh becky kagan scotch uh, as you were sharing about her new uh, sony camera yes an amazing setup and uh, uh sony seems though they've brought out some new new ones as well haven't they and yeah sony sam Sony cameras are really good, solid options, especially yeah. for the price point as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a decent camera to invest in, a Sony would be a good one. Sony A7S Mark II um, is a good, solid camera. And obviously, because the Mark III's come out, it would be cheaper as well. So if anybody's looking for a decent second-hand camera, A7S Mark II. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, for any budding photographers, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? So it's just a get underwater and take some pictures. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, really good. So obviously, all our guests, we ask three questions. Um, So one of them is if you could take three people diving or free diving, they don't have to be divers, but theoretically get them underwater, who would you take and why? Number one, I I would take my brother um, so that he can understand a little bit why I do what I do. Um, I think he thinks that I'm absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would I would take my brother. Um, I I would take my granddad as well, actually, if he was still alive. Yeah. I would take him down and show him how great it is. Yeah, and oh. you know why I've been so passionate about it and so driven. Um, and then I guess a third person, um, I mean, it, it would be great to go diving with David really, wouldn't it? At the end of the day, um, I don't think there's anyone that's in natural history filmmaking that wouldn't want to do something with David. So I would take David Attenborough. (laughs) Definitely. Um, just because I know, I know that he started off diving, obviously when he was quite a bit younger. So he yeah. would obviously still have the same passion and curiosity about it now. Mm. Yeah. It would be good to sort of rekindle that and, and give him some new experiences. Yeah. yeah, and what you could gain from him as well would just yeah be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, we like to give our listeners a bit of a nugget. And it don't have to be about diving. It can be something you've kind of learned on your travels. Um, we like to give them a little something to take away from this episode. And we always ask our guests, you know, have you got a little golden nugget that maybe it be about diving? Could be about free diving. Could be about your you, your experience from using a, a, a rebreather, maybe. A little bit nugget to give our listener of something of hang on to okay um the first thing that comes to mind when i think about giving someone a piece of advice uh, would be to find what makes you tick yeah. and follow that path um how um, i mean it'll be different for everyone but how i make big decisions in my life like if i get a, a choice between two jobs for example someone's offered me jobs at the same time and i'm like oh, okay well this one's going to have this benefit or this one will have this benefit 
I will sit and think and and feel how it would feel to actually be awarded that job and how I would feel if I was on it. And if it doesn't make me feel butterflies, I don't do it. So I tend to follow my gut instinct when it comes to uh, the moves that I'm going to make forward. So if, if I can suggest anything to anyone, it would be just follow um, follow what makes you excited, follow your passion. Um, don't expect to get any money out of it. Um, maybe one day. That comes later. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe one day you can earn some money from doing something that you enjoy. Um, doesn't have to be diving, doesn't have to be photography, could be painting. Yeah. Um, the main thing is that you're just being creative and exploring that part of yourself and remaining true to you and what you want to do and don't worry about what other people think. A lot of people will probably say that you're crazy and it's never going to work, but you can make it work if you really want to. I, I think that's even more reasons why you should try something when people tell you that wouldn't work. You know, if how many people said we'd never get to the moon, you would never get underwater. You would never do yeah. this, you know, and if we ever listened to people like that, we'd still be living in caves, you know, and we wouldn't have things like fire and stuff like that because people say, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't rub two sticks together. You have that flame thing. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. But the point is your granddad gave you great advice. And, uh, you know, that's how we started this episode off. And I think um, that's brilliant advice and that's something I'll, I'll remember as well. And um, I think that's good, you know, for everyone to hang on to, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And following your gut instincts, you know, there's so much truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. Do do what you feel is right and go with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, really good answer. And then our final question is, if you had a billboard that the whole world could see out there, so it could be something written, it could be a video, it could be pictures, what would you put on your billboard and what message would you put out there for the entire world to see? Now, this is quite an interesting one. I did think about it. And obviously, when you're given a platform like that, anything could go. And I was thinking, I was thinking quite hard about it. So obviously, you could be, oh, I could say an environmental thing, or you could say something about, you know, stopping war. But um, where I'm at in my life at the moment, um, I think that it's really important to promote love for yourself. So I would literally just put the two words, love yourself, mm. and leave it there and hope yeah. that whoever saw it would sort of look at it and think, actually, maybe I do need to love myself a bit more. Maybe I do need to implement things in my life that would benefit me more than this current situation or you know am I doing something that's causing me harm um you know am I drinking too much am I eating too much junk food um hopefully it would be something just to promote people to look internally at what they're doing for themselves because it's important when you are in you know when you're in your family when you're in your friends and things like that you give don't you, you give to other people but at the end of the day you can only give so much before you start draining your own yeah. soul yeah and if you give back to yourself and show other people the way that you want to be loved 
you can also work on your relationships too so it's kind of a, a, a multifaceted simple message to yeah. promote self-love yeah it yeah. sounds simple but it's very deep and has yeah so many areas where it can go isn't it yeah yeah no it's really like good that. yeah yeah excellent <laughs> yeah so for people that are listening if they want to find out a bit more about you have you got um some social media pages they can go to and look at or a website I do indeed. So my website is www.earthmotion.co.uk. Um, that's my business. I'm a freelancer, but I, I run that as a brand. Um, I've, I'm on Instagram as well, Earth Motion Pictures. Um, and my email address, if anybody has any questions. Yeah. Um, is it good to give that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. My, my email address is jess at earthmotion.co.uk. Um, and if, if anyone's got any questions, just get in touch. I'm happy to help point people in the direction of, um, you know, progression or maybe people to speak to or look at or research. Yeah. Um, and if I can help anyone feeling like they're banging their head against a brick wall, then I'm well up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. And especially this time of year when people are like sort of if on their like school holidays or their college breaks, then it's an ideal chance, you know, to have a good think about what they're going to do in the future. And, yeah. I think um, you've raised some important things, uh, really good things. And I think sometimes in life, I think the modern life is a very busy one, very quick. Um, everything's quick fire and you can, the you know, days go by and weeks go by. And you thought, well, actually, well, I haven't actually given myself any time at all. And I think you've raised some really good points in this episode um, about that, you know, especially like the billboard uh, mm-hmm. about self-love and that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a really good one, a really good one to talk to you about. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. It's been great to talk to you yeah. guys as well. Yeah, and as a podcast, you know, we do appeal to divers, but we do have non-divers listening as well. And that's really important advice that you've given that everybody from any walk of life can take back and, yeah, think about. So really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been, yeah, really, really good talking to you. It has, yeah. I'm sure it'll be a very popular episode. And thanks for getting in contact. Thank you for having me. I was really surprised uh, when you got back to me, actually. I was thinking, oh, you know, take a bit of a punt getting in touch with you guys. But it's been it's been really lovely. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime. Yeah, no, and we'll follow your journey as well. And, you know, keep in contact with us because, yeah, we like to, once you've been on the podcast, you're a friend of the podcast. So, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's very sweet. And, uh, absolutely uh thanks guys so much it's been really i was really nervous about it um, no, no need to be no you're fine <laughs> <laughs> you came across really really well really yeah. good i'm i've got a gig this weekend so i'm going to try and get some pictures and stuff to you tonight um because then that's done right when you say you've got a gig are you is it a gig that you are attending or a gig that you're performing i'm performing um i i just so part part of me doing the whole mental health thing and taking a bit of time off is um i'm getting back into music Okay. And I'm actually uh, DJing at a festival. Right. Wow. Which would be quite funny. I've, I've had a couple of gigs and they've gone down really well. So um, kind of I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it. It's something, it's a bit different. 
Um, it's a totally different uh, feeling standing in front of people playing music. And so the wheels are still like it. <laughs> so what sort of music yeah. is it? Sorry? What sort of music? Uh, the music I've got is probably, um, I'm going more for like a beachy, balearic vibe. So yes. sunny, oh, wow. the sort of stuff that I'd like to hear on the beach. If I was having a barbecue, if I was hanging out with friends, having a cider or something. So is it is it going to the web? It might do. Um, yeah, it, it could well do. I've had a couple recorded um, so far, but I'll I'll find out. I'll pass it on to you. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Great <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. I need to actually. Um, that's what I'm going to. I'm going to reward myself by. Uh, playing fairly shortly and um it might it might get a bit dirty because i don't know what i'm actually going to play at the moment <laughs> it might get a bit like um a bit crazy who knows so please bear that in mind when you're listening to- <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd like to hear definitely i don't know really where it's cool. going right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's just amazing because we'd have never like no. that talking to you and it's just uh yeah yeah i see i'm 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 just at a point in life where I want to do things that I enjoy doing and make me feel good mm. um, and that you know music's always been a really important part of my life and because I've been diving and taking pictures so much for other people it's kind of it's lost the the relaxation part of it now and whenever I go diving I'm constantly thinking like how can I improve myself I need to to work on my trim I need to do this my you know I need to make sure I'm going through my air less quickly and constantly thinking about technique and how to improve stuff and I just need something that don't you know obviously I need to think about it but it's it's different because there's no pressure on me to be good (laughs) there's no pressure on me to um be a certain obviously have to have like some sort of technical skills but it doesn't matter if I bugger up because no one's paying me to do it yeah and um, you see people enjoy, yeah you see people enjoy what you're doing as well so you get yeah. feedback don't you instantly yeah. yeah yeah so you're gonna let the bass drop I might do oh, <laughs> awesome. so how long have you been DJing um I actually a bit I've been I've done it a bit in the past learned on vinyl but sort of I actually bit the bullet and bought my kit um earlier this year and I've been sort of learning how to mix and and um selecting music and trying to find good combinations and stuff for I don't know I'd say since February Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> diving and music, they, they go so together. Cool. Because um, it's actually part of my new venture. What I'm planning to do is um, I'm planning to make visuals uh, to play at festivals and projections and things. So Brilliant. Um, that's, part, you know, that's why I've got the big computer so that I can start using uh, programs to make um visuals i'm also going to be filming and producing a lot of them myself so that i'm getting like footage versions of it oh, wow. yes yeah. um so that's kind of it's it's a creative outlet that that's what i want it to be it's a creative outlet that um brings me pleasure and 
possibly hopefully maybe other people yeah well i'm sure yeah, yeah. so oh can't wait to hear some yeah, <laughs> i'll send know. it along yeah yeah you'll have to send us yeah a little bit of footage and then we can see it so but no that's really amazing what's what's the festival that you're going to tonight it's um so it's it's tomorrow night it's called kernotopia it's a new um it's a new festival started up this year because of covid there, there wasn't really anyone doing anything in the um the organizer was like oh we need to we need to get something up and running and she's very kindly given me an opportunity to play so whereabouts is where is it happening so it's happening in Greek, which is uh about 20 minutes away from me so it's literally just up the road as well so i don't need to go very far just chuck my stuff in the van and turn up at the right time hopefully wow (laughs) great oh well we'll look it up and then see if there's any footage yeah yeah yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Right. We well, better go and like spin your stuff. Spin the wheels. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been really great chatting to you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's been brilliant. No, it's been lovely to have you on and uh, yeah. keep in touch. And uh, yeah, we look forward to following your journey. Oh, thank you very much. Well, have a lovely weekend. And yeah, you. thank you very much. Yeah, enjoy the weather and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Will do. I'll send you my pictures and stuff along later. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks very much, Jess. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, enjoyed that. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, so lovely. Get guests on who are entertaining, engaging, and what love talking about their diving. Yes. We exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she had some real like nuggets of like inspiration. That, yeah. You know, and really, yeah, spoke from us all, and that's. Really, really good. And she's just out there enjoying the diving and uh, you know loving life. Yeah, and doing what she wants to do as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. and that's really cool. Yeah, and she'd be. I'd, I'd love to dive with her one day. Well, you never know. We might be down that way one day. Um, what well, I say, thank you very much to Jessica for getting in contact um, through the bat the bat phone. Um, don't forget that number plus forty four seven eight one hundred oh five Yeah. <laughs> you made me nervous then. Yeah, not quite the right number, but hey, it's okay. They know. Anyway, so get in contact with that and uh, let us know about your diving if you want to make, um, if you want to come on, that'd be really good to hear from you. Don't forget, happy bottles, go, go to their website. If you've got a picnic and, you know, school holidays now, you know, you'll keep drinks cool. Keep go the children hydrated. Go to happybottles.com. H A P I B-O-T-T-L-E-S dot com. That's it. And use the big scoop. Get 10% off. Why would you not? Mm, yeah. And they're really striking colours. And you prove make... they float. Yes. Yeah, they float. Yeah, they're very robust. I've had them drop off my bike, everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll speak to you next from the lovely Farne Islands. Yeah. So we will be in the Farne Islands. Yeah. Little roving reports. I think we will. Maybe some live things. We don't know yet. Probably. Yeah. Maybe live from the boat. Yeah. See how the boat... If you're on the boat and you've been listening, hello, and we'll see you next week again. (laughs) See you there. So thank you for downloading. Uh, This has been the Big Scuba Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Woohoo! Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on what platform you are listening on. That way you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, 
we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that's been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We'll get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.